Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. I'm also, uh, well, no, I'm not also. I'm, I am Penn Holderness. I'm also A. Holderness. <laughs> wow. I am really nailing You're the, nailing this. Welcome the, to our podcast. It is our very favorite thing, even if we don't know our names. We don't have to dress up. Um, we can sit back in a comfortable chair or a chair that looks comfortable and, and isn't as comfortable. These really as it are looks. not as comfortable as they look. <laughs> we bought some new chairs. They are not as comfortable as they look. Um, but today we have a very special guest who I'm going to introduce in a second. But first, I'm going to do the awkward, weird thing and ask you to pre-order our book. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Honestly, you like what's better than ordering a book that you won't get until later? I know. So it's like a delayed gratification. Here's, so I here's would the like thing. You it's getting to... closer, though. It's yes. getting close enough that if you pre-order it now, you like you, you won't get irritated. Right. So you're going to go to everybodyfightsbook.com. You're going to go to wherever you buy your books and you're going to pre-order it. And here's why it's such an awkward ask. I had no idea that this was a thing. Um, by the way, that panting you hear, it's not me. It's my dog. She's really close to the microphone. You wanted to keep her up here. I sure did. Um, so it helps. It helps. Okay, stop. <laughs> it helps other people find our book when a lot of people pre-order it. So if you're going to buy it, now is a cool time to do that. Um, it just helps us out yeah. in, in this weird, uh, kind of like if you if you know people who do YouTube or Facebook, there's like this algorithm that you get into. And you can game the algorithm. It's not game. We're not trying to cheat. We're just saying if you pre-order it, it's going to show up on the New York Times bestseller list more likely than if you like looked at it and a week later ordered it because right. they, they they count all those things like at once. Okay, so everybodyfightsbook.com. Yeah. I will also say that you know what people you know what I heard you what? Know what people do they buy like a thousand of their own books and they return them. I don't know if they return them. Oh. I heard they like <laughs> buy them. We haven't done that. No. I did order like four of them. That's so that, like lot. my kids could have one and I could have one, <laughs> just one. <laughs> hey, also, can can you pre-order the Audible as well? Yes. Okay, so you guys, if you're not readers like me and you like listening to stuff on your headphones, I think our Audible's version is pretty darn good. It is. I think fun it's fun. It's a to. lot like this, but way more organized. Way more organized. And um, yeah, I think we should stop talking about it. I mean, yeah. We, okay. Yeah. But vis-a-vis. 
the person we wrote the book with. I know. So, Dr. Christopher Edmonston is here. He's back. I'm back. He is a crucial part of our book. He is our marriage coach. Yeah. He is like, imagine like he has like a whistle around his neck and just teaching us all the goodness yeah. and all of all of the good advice in this book came directly from Dr. Christopher Edmonston. And, and I need to add, everyone loves him, including Sonny, who is now on his crotch. Um, she, the minute you said my name, she literally had nothing to do with me at all. And now she is climbing into my face she's up in there uh, christopher's our <laughs> vaccinated friend who is sitting like 20 feet away from us in our attic and now our dog is on his lap uh, she senses really she senses the vaccine so she I, senses something she know. senses <laughs> magical antibodies I, before we get started i want to thank christopher for all that he did for us for not only for our for the book but also for our marriage in general he is the reason why we're doing this. I'm trying to be serious and heartfelt, and Sonny is basically giving our pastor a lap dance right now. <laughs> that was one of the most amazing dog experiences of my life. That's all I will say. <laughs> um, you transform my marriage. Here, take a dog butt to the face. Um, well, I think the important thing Christopher taught us was why how fighting can actually lead to greater connection within yeah. a relationship. It's not always a bad thing. It's not always about who wins. Um, no, you learn about each other's vulnerabilities in a good way, like where you need help. You learn about what people really care about, what's important to them. And you learn about things that like you could work on. That's another yeah. thing. Like you learn, oh, I could get better at this. So um, Christopher, why we have received some comments because the title of the book is everybody fights so why not get better at it they, we've received some comments like hey love your videos but we don't fight um are what is your reaction when you hear a couple say i've been married for 35 years or i've been married this long and we've never had one single fight what's your reaction there's there's two reactions that i have one is sort of the and you guys know i'm a little bit of a word nerd yeah. A uh, word nerd. I love words and I love uh, meanings of words. And I would want to know what they meant by fight. Right. Because I don't think anyone can be married for 35 years with no conflict or no moments where right. they butted heads or had a disagreement about dinner. I mean, it may be they don't throw plates or do any of the overly dramatic, melodramatic stuff we see on TV or on reality television. But they have conflict because everyone Correct. does. Yeah. And people who say they have no conflict in their lives with their families, their siblings, their spouses, their children, they're doing what we call in the book the three Ds, denial, distraction, or delay. They're really not telling the truth. We can't take two people with free wills, strong minds, loves, passions, and say share a life, share a home, share a family and think that they're never going to have a disagreement over how to do that. So everybody does fight. Now, fight may mean something really different in my house than yours, but I would say to people that say, well, we don't fight. It's been 35 years. I'd want to know what they meant by fight, and two, I'd, I would be a little skeptical of that. Is stonewalling at play as well with that? It can be. Stonewalling is more, I'm just not going to go there, so I refuse to engage, so it may be that, that one person in those partnerships where they don't have frequent conflict is so good at stonewalling and has sent so much nonverbal information over the years that the other person just doesn't even try anymore to ask for what they want 
or to or to have things change in their relationship. Because the fights that you don't have are often, I think, the biggest issues. Those ones you're walking away from. Almost always. And it's it's more art than science. Sometimes it's not the right time to bring it up. But to never bring it up, woo, yeah. that can be the thing that ends up burning your house down. Like one example that I give in premarital counseling, I don't know if I ever gave this one with the two of you, but it's sort of like the couple who, and this is back to the fights that we don't have. Um, the couple has a long day at work, um, you know, long day at work in their individual jobs, um, or in your case, a long day at work together. Um, uh, we'll use Kim and Pin this time. We'll be really creative. Kim decides to go take a bath, lights a candle. The candle falls over, catches a towel on fire. Kim run, Pin runs into the bathroom and says, oh my gosh, um, we've got to do something right now. And you run to the phone, you call the plumber because the downstairs toilet doesn't ever stop running. And what's happening is you're fixing something that's small, that seems manageable, but the fire that's going to kill you, the fight that you never have, you just keep putting it off. Still you there. deny it's still there. Yeah. It's, you know, people can literally look at the biggest problem in their lives and deny it, distract themselves from it, or delay getting around to it. And so you're exactly right. Sometimes the fights we don't have Are tell the us ones. the most. Yeah. Um, we talk about meta communication in this and it was a term that at first you used with us and we're like yeah sure we know what that means and we really didn't know what it meant but it's taking that zoomed out view of how you are communicating with each other and how you're fighting and that was really eye-opening to us um can you explain for the listeners at home what is meta communication and um we talk a lot about it in our book by the way but um a helpful recap a good recap would be if meta doesn't sort of sing for you as a listener, what does next level communication look like? Like how do we make our communication, not just the day to day, what do we want for groceries? What do we want for dinner? But communication where it's actually a formative process in our relationships. And we focused in on fights for the book, but you can really meta communicate about anything. You can have a great date night, you know, post COVID when people are vaccinated and we're back out again and talk about what went well on the date night. What right. did you like? What didn't you like? In other words, we're going next level so that we can learn how to enhance our romantic life in that case so that I can repeat behaviors that my person liked and I can avoid the ones that she didn't like. Yeah. So I don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. I, I remember vividly uh, during our chapter about sex, um, and Kim is uh, walking away from the... Oh, because Sonny got into the attic. Okay. Our, yeah. Uh, I remember during that chapter about sex, there was we were getting into the magic words, and we'll talk a little bit about magic words. It's kind of the backbone of the book. It's this script, and it's these words that Christopher's taught us to say that get us from a good marriage to a great marriage. And some of the magic words that you had in the sex chapter were, I love how you... I love that you and got specific with those sorts of things. So I'm thinking about a date. I'm thinking about anytime something goes right. Instead of saying that was fun, if you say, man, I absolutely love how you grab my hand and kiss me in the cheek as we were walking out of the restaurant. I mean, it's back like to the tell me more. Like, what was your favorite part? Well, I liked it when we had champagne. Um, why did you like that? What we're trying to do is, whether it's a romantic behavior or date night behavior, is get to that next level, that meta level of communicating so that we are making our communication more efficient when it comes to a fight. So 
I know one of the things that Kim and I have talked about recently is someone says, well, if you just get back into the same fight, then meta communication yeah, so doesn't like work. How, yeah. So yes. If you're zooming out and be like, you know, you were really rude to me. Right. You were, you were this and we're, and then you get in there like, well, you did this. So we've been doing a lot of podcasts and interviews to promote the book, which has been great fun. And someone, uh, Heather Dubrow actually asked us a great question. She said, how, when I'm metacommunicating, when I'm talking about how I'm talking, talking about how we're fighting, how do you not just get into that same fight over and over again? I, you would have to look at a couple and right. coach them individually to answer that for everyone. But generally speaking, if you're right back into the same fight, you didn't really resolve it in the first place. And so it's probably not time to go next level with it. Or so there's a time for it, for sure. Absolutely. In yeah. the heat of the moment, I'm not resolved. We're not resolved. I'm not sure how I feel about the decision that we came to. That's not the time to learn from the process that you went through to reach the decision so that your conflict the next time can be not only more efficient, but I'm going to use the word healthier. Just like there's healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict with your kids or your coworkers. There's healthy conflict. There's unhealthy conflict with your partner, with your person, your spouse. And so if it's hot and heavy and you haven't resolved the fight, you're not going to be able to get to that next level, that level of meta communication so that your next conflicts don't go down the same paths. I would say like we discovered even having those conversations, I can't be really engaged and listen to you and have a, a, a good, healthy conflict. I can't we can't come if you start this at 10 o'clock at night because I wake up so early 10 o'clock I'm toast I'm done talking I'm just not so we don't like we did we don't even start the engagement your wife is a teacher so like May you're not going to be bringing up stuff in May Friday nights in May are not the time to have big conversations with my wife because teachers are bone tired by Friday night and by the month of May I mean, month May is the worst month to be a mom. I think. Yeah. When you're a mom who's a teacher, it's just it's like she's so tired every May. It's not the right time to bring up big conflict, right. or big decisions. That's exactly right. I want to ask just a little bit about, and obviously you're not going to be specific about this, but I, I want to kind of take general inventory of what sort of counseling you've been um, giving out and, and what kind of input you've been receiving from couples lately. It's been interesting because we've talked to a lot of people during this virtual book tour. We've been on a bunch of podcasts and interviews. We've been talking just about this book. Some of them have said, I think expectedly, and we hear this all the time, man, we had no idea how much stuff we had to work on until we had to sit, to, you know, live together with the same office and the same, the same problems all together under the same roof. We couldn't avoid it for a whole year. And we've heard a lot of that. We've also heard people say that they've gotten closer with their spouse because a lot of those things that they have been avoiding, they've actually been forced to talk about. And it wasn't like a pretty growing pain, but they've gotten to it and they've gotten closer together. I do think that the last... 12 months, because it is 12 months. I looked at my calendar for last year, for this week of March, and this is when I shut down everything in my office when my kids came home from school. Yeah. I mean, this is the one-year week, Yeah, like right now. This is it. Actually, tomorrow Isn't tomorrow the anniversary the 13th, of when... the 13th, I thought. There was that day that the NBA shut down, well, and we then shouldn't. it all happened. It's like the 10th or the 9th. It's today or yesterday, because yeah, when soon. the NBA shut down, that's when everybody realized this is serious. Right. Yeah. And then the ACC tournament... And all the basketball tournaments stopped but within like, 24 hours really fast. So yeah. it's right. It's this week. It's all this week. Um, so it's been a year 
And one thing I think is that every couple, no matter how in love they were or close they were, how healthy they were when this started, because our lives are normally set up to spend some time alone or with our people, like you write a lot in the book about your tennis friends, Pat. Yeah. With your tennis friends. My girlfriends, I'm used to my girls' trips once mm-hmm. a month or once a year or twice a year, whatever. And all that came to a screeching halt. And yeah. so it affected every couple. I would say that it affected some couples more than others, and it affected every couple differently. Mm-hmm. Some had exposed their raw places really quickly. Mm-hmm. And others, um, it allowed them to play to their strengths. And it's hard to know how that fell out with everyone because most of the couples that I've worked with in the past, I haven't seen them in a year. I will share something I shared with Kim a few weeks ago where I had more new couples call me this year asking for referrals to marriage counselors or if they could meet with me than ever before in 21 years of being a pastor, doing marriage coaching, premarital counseling ever because I don't know why I said, wow, I'm not surprised. No, that's, I'm not surprised. The, uh, the surprising part is when you hear someone say, we've gotten closer together. I know. And that, it's nice to hear. It's great to hear. I think that we were set up for this because we had done the work that continues, P.S., on our marriage. And we were already living together and working together. And we, we were kind of already set up for it. But it does go to show like these the, the people going through this pandemic and the stress of that, like, can't be duplicated. But just that is when people have asked, like, when did your marriage, like, hit its first rough patch? Because I think all relationships do, right? And it's when we started, it was like the pressure of working together and all of those things. because it Which was, was a simulated COVID. It was a simulated COVID. <laughs> kind of like, because which we, we did a long time without ago. the trauma of a pandemic. <laughs> right. Um, but it was that kind of forced together time. Um, but we've, you know, obviously created some great boundaries. Well, it's, like, it's like the old, you know, adage about how, you know, the dog that chases the car every day. Well, what happens when the dog actually catches the car? And, right. you know, couples will say, I wish we spent more time together. You know, in your previous life, Penn was, I mean, he's gone all a the lot time. of your listeners on this. He was gone all the time. Like he was on oh, the, news the local all the time. news days. Like if yeah. I wanted to see Penn, I had to meet him for like lunch. And then he had to leave always to go back and right. film something like he he was he well, was busy. Yeah, when I was moonlighting know? between working at local news and also being Kim's editor, that right? Was, well, that was crazy. Yeah. Those days were nuts for you, but you know. And so we, it would be so great to work together. Well, you guys were the dog that caught the car. Yeah. And now suddenly I've got to live into that, and so you have couples. I wish we had more family time. I wish we had this, and you know, mom's traveling for work or dad's traveling mm-hmm. for work, and suddenly we're all in the same house. I mean, find me a couple that was used to having time apart during work hours with kids who they were used to having in school somewhere. And it was like, they caught the car or the car caught them with the pandemic. And suddenly, you know, who are you? Who have I married? Right. What, how do we fix this? Yeah. I had, there's so many friends that like either the husband or the wife was like traveling Monday through Friday. And all of a sudden they've been home for a year. A year. And my girlfriends, I have a, one girlfriend in particular who she's like, get him take him can you use him in a shoot or something can you put him to work in a way and i'm like can he come over to my your house and play sorry um no and it, it is a real it's so and, and as an introvert well, it like the pandemic has hit us differently right they, absolutely and i'm yeah. an extrovert i'm there aren't many people more extrovert in the world than me Penn actually is 
but it's been a really hard year for me. I was going to ask and you And I was about thinking, that. I haven't been in this room in a year. I've yeah. been meaning to ask you about that. Not yeah. just, I mean, I not just. I haven't been in your house yeah. in a year, basically. I've been We've in the backyard out, yeah. with the kids a couple of times. Yeah. No. We've had some out time. To, we've had some outside time together, which I cherish because you're not just my counselor, my pastor, you're my friend. But I've I've been meaning to ask you about that because, I mean, does anyone ever ask the pastor how they're doing? How are you doing? It's kind of. I mean, you like you get so much energy from other people, and so I imagine there had to be some rush or some level of adrenaline that you get when you deliver a live sermon and there's a thousand people in the church. It's real different when there's twenty there, right? Or, or two, yeah, or zero, yeah. Um. A lot of people do ask me how I'm doing, which I'm very fortunate. I, I'm I'm surrounded by a lot of people that love um, me and my family, including the two of you, and I'm grateful for that. In fact, you're one of the people that's asked me how I'm doing, which is wonderful. Um, so enough people have asked me how I'm doing that that I don't feel like I've been isolated or completely alone. Um, but you know, I haven't stretched my extroverted muscles in a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very unusual. We need to go to Vegas. (laughs) Vegas. Yeah. We need to go to Vegas. Oh my God. I'm taking my pastor to Vegas. Vegas. No. Um, Um, you can do the, you can do like buffets and there's like things you can do in Vegas. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cirque du Soleil is nice. I've never seen it, but I've totally catch a Cirque show with you. That'd be awesome. Um, I would say as an introvert, it was even hard because there was people around all the time, all the time. And I didn't have a space of my and we actually were going to do some like re, not renovations but I'm going to do some reconfiguring in my home because I've discovered <laughs> that everybody has their own space so we're up here right now and this is like a finished attic space i'll describe it and it's it's a really big huge finished attic space it pretty much looks like it's been set up for pen though honestly i'm only up here to do exactly this so right. i'm up here for like one hour every two weeks um the kids have their own rooms obviously um i share a bedroom with my husband love you but i don't have like <laughs> a that was sincere a space to close like my desk is where pc plays video games right. where the kids chill out so like after if it's like i don't have a place to close the door so the dining room we never use the dining room just donated the table and chairs and i have my peloton in there now and i'm just gonna i'm gonna put doors on it and it's gonna make it harder our house harder to sell when it's time to sell but i don't care can you just take them out when it's time to sell sure okay. and um i'm that's just gonna be my office and i'm gonna close the door are we going french glass doors i don't know hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay. I don't, I just don't, I just wanted to close Ooh, the doors. Can we do one of those fancy, really heavy barn looking no, things? No, we cannot, honey, because we have like a bathroom there and another door there. So we're, we, sorry. No, the sliding barn Yeah, door. so you want to close off the bathroom? Uh-huh. Yeah, with respect, Ben, she's thought about this more than Yeah, you. I have like a Pinterest board for it, so okay. I'm going to yeah. say no to that. Okay. Yeah, so I, so how like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much input would you like from me oh, on like this Oh, like there was like a negative 2. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> oh I got you. I'm seeing that she already has a vision for this project. Ben. No, she does Yes. Um, anyway, so it was hard for extroverts. It was really hard for introverts. And within a marriage, it became... Um, that that became a stress point for us as we were writing the last three chapters of this book. It would the irony was not lost on me that we were writing a book about how to fight better while we were we were like working through the bumps of being married in a pandemic. But we did it. Yes, we did it. And I got to tell you, I've I've now I, I wrote the book, and you helped me write the book, Christopher, and our editor Becky helped us write the book. We all wrote it together. I read it as a final manuscript uh, almost a year ago. I mean, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? Or like, yeah. it, no, it was like 10 or 11. It was May was when we delivered the manuscript. Mm-hmm. It was almost a year ago. And I've read it since about four more times. And I, I'm still learning. Yeah. Like the, the words mean something different to me after a while. It's kind of like learning how to ride a bike. And I think you, you keep the stuff with you. But I, for example, the, the chapter on listening, I don't know if I fully grasped that chapter while we were writing it. And now I think I'm getting actually getting better at it. So I'm, I'm thanking you for all of the input that you gave me, like, but it's, it's happening over time. It didn't happen like instantly as I wrote the book or not even the first time I read it. No. Well, that's back to what is marriage? What is conflict? What is conflict resolution? I mean, it's more art than science. Like if, if, if I could tell every couple how to resolve every conflict through this three easy step process, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be a pastor in Raleigh, I'd, you know, or working with couples one on one. I'd, You'd I'd be, be the most yeah. famous guy in the world, yeah, because it doesn't work that way. So there are principles, there are practices, which I think we try to dig down to in the book. There are questions that can lead to better communication, which I think um, we've done a good job of the book trying to give people. Mm-hmm the words sometimes even really specifically to try to help people practice the art of communication and conflict resolution in their own partnerships, in their own homes, because um, who wants to keep having the same fight week after week, year after year, Uh, every couple, my wife and I, we've talked about her before we've been married 25 and a half years and we're much better at conflict and conflict resolution now than we were when we were 24. We got married really young. But we still have conflict. Thankfully, it's not the same as when we were 24. Right. Because we resolved them. We practiced. We got better. And over time, uh, we no longer hurt each other as badly as we once did when conflict came up. Because we didn't like that. How did we discover that? Because she said, you know what I don't like about when we fight? I don't like about how you say things that hurt my feelings really badly. 
when what you said had nothing to do with what we were arguing about. And that's one of our rules of engagement. And it's like we, we and everybody has their own rules. But one of them is like, you know how to cut your partner. You know how to. Yeah, you know how to you know how to hurt your partner in that very unique way. Just don't do it. Like I know, like he, and he knows where to hit me. So I feel like sometimes that's even subconscious. Like you don't even know that you know how to hurt your partner. But yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. Hey, also I want to mention something else. When we did the audible, there were it, there were a couple of chapters that reading it felt like a little weird saying them out loud, like the sex one. <laughs> Well, that one was interesting to listen to because... Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. But there's like a chapter and a half on the sexy time stuff, That's right. Well, what's interesting about that was I don't think I appear in that chapter hardly at all, which is completely appropriate, I think. Uh, Thank you. In all honesty. Um, I do... One of the rules is you have to learn to ask for what you want. Right. In all things in a marriage, whether that's dinner or, you know, cuddle time. You have to learn how to do it. And that's how you guys launch into that chapter. Yes. And then I don't appear again, for which I am fantastically so, grateful. So, uh, funny story about that. When you guys get to that <laughs> chapter, so there's a chapter and a half on the sexy time. When we were writing this, as it, it, by the way, writing a book with, and there's three people in this room, so it becomes a big group project, right? So, there's a lot of cut and paste of like, no, it should go here. It should go here. So, like, we had those chapters were towards the front, and then we moved them here. So, I gave my mom, who's like a proofreader and like an editor, like a freelance editor, and she offered to read it and proofread it, like grammar stuff. And I was like, just please, for the love of God, don't read these two chapters. And I gave her the wrong chapter numbers. She totally read them. And, uh, by accident. And she's like, you told me the wrong chapters. And so you're welcome, so mother, now you guys for that. know each other better. About exactly how to ask for what you want in the bedroom. But, but so, saying it out loud, it was, it was it, it, I equate it to this. If I had a diary, I would feel comfortable writing into it. Even if I knew that the whole world was going to get it, they didn't have to hear me say it. Like I could write the diary, send it out into the world, and then they could get it and they could say it or whatever. But just recording oh it and saying it out loud in a studio with Cameron, who was our audio tech, like in the other room, who's clearly like in his 20s and looking at us like, what's going on here? That was that was interesting, right? Uh, interesting. It was it was. I was like, I regret writing this because now I have to say it out loud. And now people are going to hear me talking about our bedroom time. So, yeah. So good times. Good times. Well, but I think and I do mean this, you know, and this is one of the things that I shared that didn't end up making the final cut. Right. But there's a reason why. And I'm going to say this like a pastor. God made our skin as our largest organ. Like there's something about human touch and like the the stats, if you read the psychological studies on human beings that aren't touched enough as babies, it's yeah. dark. Like it's really dark. And so if you're going to be married to someone, oh God, I'm not even gonna take look, the I'm... time to communicate with them and even invest enough passion in them that you're going to argue sometimes because we don't argue with people that don't matter to us. Correct. It's that old thing like never get into an argument with a, with a real fool because they'll just drag you down to their level and beat you up. So we only are going to invest conflict time with somebody that matters yeah. to us. But if we're going to go through all that with our person and this is our person person, we should have a physical touch aspect of that relationship. And what I think at the heart of the chapter, even though you guys said some very um, personal revealing things in that chapter, at the heart of it is we think this is an important enough part of your marriages as our readers 
that we want to tell you how we work through some of these challenges and issues so that maybe you can too, because it is a marriage marker. I mean, you should want to touch and kiss and so on and so on and with the person that you're married to. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And you know, the most romantic part is me imagining skin as an organ, like just spread out in like as, as a long kind of a map. My big ADHD was when he said that you, um, you don't yell or get mad at someone you don't care about. And like anytime we hear Lola say, oh, I got in a fight or this stupid boy at school and we got, I'm like, oh. By the way, she's never like there was this one time she said that she's not into the boys. But, but when that well, happens, she is, I, she's in. But you know what I'm saying. But when you hear that, parents, what does that mean? That she has like a crush on. Yes. Her. No. So here's the. Oh. <laughs> it's no. that simple. No. Um, yes. No. She'd be horrified to even be like. A I like creative. how he's wearing his custom ADHD T-shirt right now. ADHD and he's is like, awesome, and he's pinging everywhere. It's amazing. I, uh, I know. He's, it's like real time T-shirt. Very ADHD. We've had a busy day today. Well, I would say about the sexy time sharing is that I felt if I felt like it was just a problem between us, we would have kept it between us. But I feel like it's a huge problem. Um, there were huge issues that we were having, not huge issues, but there were there were issues that we were having that if by sharing what helped us helps anybody else, um, then well, then, and what's interesting, and remember, I'm I'm not Doctor Ruth, right? No that claims, you are not. To, be, you are, no claims yes. to be a small You're Jewish. Good. Yeah, you are a like, larger Presbyterian man. I am. Yeah. I am a. I'm like I'm like six or seven Doctor Ruth, right? So, but <laughs> but so. If couples are having problems uh, with their time and intimacy, that's usually the last thing they want to talk to me about. Yeah. And so the fact that, that that the two of you found a creative, compassionate way to talk about that um, in the book actually I think is really good because you know what your girlfriends talk about when their husbands aren't around. I right. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn and I might have an idea of what the guys at the tennis courts, I don't play tennis, but yeah. talk about. Um, but a lot of men don't talk to me about that stuff either. No. Honestly. I don't know that men bring that up a lot. They don't. And I think that that's why I wanted to put it in, because I think this is a safe way of like, see what this lady wrote, see what this lady said, and then like they could blame it on me. <laughs> Like, can you believe that, that she asked her husband to do this? And then we are, is this going to be interesting to anybody, by the way? The book or the podcast? The, the, what we're talking about, like a chapter these people haven't read about. Well, why don't you tell them what you're talking about? We'll talk about it later. Uh, you're the three D's, babe. I know, but Christopher's sitting right here. We'll talk about it later. It's about to be released. Like we're promoting it. and It's going to sell a bunch of copies. Everyone's going to know about it. I think it's I, I mean I think it's okay not to talk about it with me right now because again I think if people re- buy the book and read it they certainly will be aware that you took some tremendous risks in that area of communication in your marriage and you have a you have a narrative and a story about it which again I think is important because that is like like when we talk about what do people fight about it's money sex and power that's one of the big 3 mm-hmm. and so I do think it's an important chapter and I think you guys found a really um, creative and supportive way to talk about it. And I would say on the audible version, which I've listened to probably 80% now, I haven't listened to all of it. Um, the way that you two interact when, when you're done reading those pages is really sweet. There's a lot of support in both your voices, which I think again is important for people to see, you know, we learn not only from doing things ourselves, 
but from watching people we trust do them. And if people can hear or read how the two of you had that conversation, it may really help a lot of people um, get to a part of their marriage um, that is underserving them. I hope so. That's my goal, that to get get all the ladies, you know, no man left behind. It's my motto. And that's what it was. Like, let's just say it like this. So here's what happened. We had been married for a long time. We were having sex. It was fine. We weren't. It was great. To quote Alec Baldwin in Outside Providence, we weren't always both getting our cookies <laughs> um, at the at the end of the Chinese dinner. That's what he said. He said, sex is like Chinese dinner. It's not over till you both get your cookies. And <laughs> physiologically, it's I've never heard that. physiologically men. It's going to happen, right? Yes. Women, it's not always going to happen. I enjoy it way more when it happens to both of us. But there are limitations to which a, like that can happen. <laughs> There's times that things stop working when things are over and then they're over. So, <laughs> so and, and, and sometimes and it happens. Gonna hear this sometimes too. it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. So we like she said, I want to have a no, no child left behind policy. I immediately was like, no I, man left man, behind. No yeah, man. sorry. No man left That's behind. That's weird. Yeah. I, I immediately was like, yes. That was a little George yeah. Bushy. When yeah. that, like the yeah. president, there was no child left sorry. behind. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, you can read about it in the book. I was like, yes. Like I went online with her and looked up like sex toys. <laughs> and, um, and I found the, the ones that like she's talking about that women absolutely love. There's no way that my body can do any of the things that those things do. <laughs> but at first I was really scared. I was like, I have, I've failed. And that's why people don't talk about it. Like I have failed as a lover. And then I looked at it and I'm like, Oh, I mean, well, so the only way that would work if it was me would be if I was an alien with a weird vacuum on well, the end so, of my, so, 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 here's, so here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to make any comments about I'm that. making everyone uncomfortable but, now, but well, you didn't want to talk about it. I know. It's like, yeah. Well, actually I'm going to try to do what, um, what we call active listening. I'm going to pick up on something you said, which is that why do people fight about money, sex and power the most? Because those are the three things that we're most likely to feel shame about mm -hmm. almost always, even with the person we've been married to for 25 years or, or 20 years or 15 years. And so that's why we don't talk about it. We're afraid of being told no, if we ask for something new or different in those three departments, money, sex or power, or we're afraid of being ashamed because we don't make enough money or we're not, capable because of our emotional state of having a healthy sexual relationship or you've you've ignored me for so long or you've put me down so much that I no longer feel empowered to tell you what I want and that feels shameful too and so it is a huge it's a huge thing maybe not every couple will find the solutions that you guys did when they read well, the book well I have the websites but, for you guys well, if you but want if, to but if they at least have the conversation yeah, that's that can't be bad. And, and I'm sorry if I embarrassed you there, but it's in the book and the book is going out in two weeks. I know. I'm I just know. making sure um, the one thing we I'm going to just change the subject. Okay. One thing we really didn't talk about um, in the book was like when people keep having that same fight over and over again and why people keep fighting. Christopher, you mentioned it is that sometimes people are addicted just to winning a fight. Yeah. And that's why they're fighting is they want to win. And that's a power struggle. Right. And that's something that's way deeper. It's huge. And I would say for couples like that, you probably need a coach or a counselor in addition to reading a book like this one or another book on conflict management. Right. But one of the things that I teach my couples that it's not unique to me and I don't know who came up with it, but in our home, are we going to practice the concept that we is greater than me? In other words, if, 
if we keep having conflict in the same argument, if we keep having times when we butt heads, is what's most important to me as one of the people in that we to get to a place where we both grown through it or we've resolved it or we can at least live with the answer or is what is more important to me is that the person I'm arguing with is going to know that they lost. Right. Like, like whatever it's like happens, punishing. right. Yeah. They've got to know that they lost and that they were wrong. And I just don't know how that ever helps anyone be healthy. I mean, there are times in a couple where one person is really wrong. They've right. really gotten it wrong. Yes. They've really made a big mistake. And that's the time for apology for what I'd call repentance or some kind of, I'm going to correct this and try to make it right. I'm going to try to fix it. Yeah. But most of the things that couples argue about um, probably aren't that cut and dry. They're probably not that black and white. They're probably some shade of gray. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, do I believe that we is greater than me? Am I trying to help us resolve this in a way that we can grow, that we can learn from this fight so we don't have to keep having it? Or am I just out to win at all costs? And if I'm out, if I'm one of those out to win at all costs kind of people, I probably am not going to have a healthy relationship or as healthy a relationship as I could have had until I take a step back and ask, why is winning so important to me? And I've actually asked that in marriage care with couples before, you know, Kim, it seems like winning is really important to you. Can you talk about that? And usually there's a family history, Mm -hmm. there's some dysfunction there that that person needs therapy over. But the question is, do I believe that we can be greater than me? Am I advancing the ball for us or am I just trying to help myself? Hmm. Thoughts? No, I, 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 that's not something that, so this book, we took those 10 fights we thought most couple have, you know, you know, I do everything, you do nothing, you know, money, sex, like all of those, we kind of dissected those, but that, that's, that wasn't a real issue for us. So we didn't really tackle that, but I think it is for a lot of, I think it is for a good no, number of people. No, I honestly, like I've, I've seen the two of you get mad at each other before. Yeah. You know, we've, our kids have grown up together. I've never seen anything that didn't look like that looked Normal, like that. Yeah. That didn't look like but I'm going to stomp him into the carpet now because he deserves and just, it. And bring shame exactly. and, and like embarrassed. But I've, right. I've witnessed it in my life. Sure. And it's, it's not, uh, yeah, there's, there's probably some deeper work than our, our, our cute little book. Can well, almost you. always. I mean, because I don't know, like everyone genetically has a different, you know, competitive mm-hmm. kind of capacity. Um, my wife is super competitive. Like we, it took us 10 years to learn even to play board games together. That's so funny. Cause she's the sweetest human being. I, know, on the planet. I could see a, her give her though, a ball yeah. or a ping pong battle. Yeah. You or, guys are both a co- collegiate game. athletes. Right? Like give her, and she just, but so it took us a long time to learn that, but we were never competitive when we got in arguments that like, like I'm so mad that you brought this up that I'm going to make you feel bad that you even did it. Right. And if we were, if that had occurred in our relationship, we would have gotten therapy for us right away mm-hmm. or for the person that felt that way. Because even though all people are born with a little bit of competition in them, I don't think healthy people 
um, seek to hurt others for their own enjoyment. Yeah, and by the way, now that you can't be sweet and competitive, so I'm just. Well, you can be both. You can be both, and she's very kind. Yeah. Well, Christopher, thank you. And thank you for all the help with this book. The next time we talk to you, it will be out into the world, and everyone will know a lot more about us, more than they would like to know. Um, not everyone. People who buy the book will know that. And I mean, my favorite chapter, personally, yes, is when you guys went from the Christmas pageant to the Snoop Dogg concert. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was real, a big real. fight, too. And I, and I think in real time, I kind of knew that you were doing that, and I thought it was a bold choice at the time. And then it, the night did not turn out like you were planning no. that night, Pen. Let me put it that way. That's why you should not go from a Christmas pageant to Snoop Dogg. Let that be a lesson to <laughs> Hang on. Kids. You should always go from a Christmas pageant to Snoop Dogg. Are you kidding? You, your life needs balance. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening to our rambling and our constant promotion of this book. But this I is where like, we won't yeah. talk about it forever. I think this is one of our last ones, and we're going to get on with our lives. But planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, if you've ever written a book, you know that you have to talk about the book. I know. Well, thank you for um, being here and for listening and supporting us in our crazy little dream to bring this into the universe. So until next time, bye. Bye.